Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Hi, guys. You want to say hi, Pei? Hello. Gosh, so anybody following along probably knows what that feels like when you have to move and you don't want to. And that is just the worst feeling. Oh, huh? I do because you make us move so, like a thousand times. That's not true. Y- yes, that is. Well, a few times, yes. Like we move like almost every month. Yeah, but... Because <laughs> you find cute property and then you find more cute property. So you want to go. And then you find more cute property. Not, so you go. not exactly, but okay. And then you move because... Families nearby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready to read on? Uh-huh. All I was going to say was poor Melody is really sad. All right, kid. We're reading the, J- the Graveyard Riddle, and we're on Chapter 5, and we're on page 28. The last time that I'd seen Dad was a few years back. Mom had bought tickets for three of us to go to the circus, and I'd been looking forward to it for weeks. I'd never been to a circus before, and I got more and more excited each time we drove past the giant red and white tent pitched on on a playing field in town but about an hour before we were due to leave mom said that she would had a really bad headache and we wouldn't be coming oh my gosh that's awful you go and enjoy your evening with dad she said he's always so much he always so much wait he's away so much and it'll be nice for you to spend a bit of time together she smiled her eyes were a little bit watery She was right about dad being away a lot. He traveled with his job and sometimes was away for three or four weeks at a time. When it was time for him to come home, the arguing would start. That was when I headed to the graveyard. I asked mom about it once and she said that they had to get used to each other again and that spending time apart was tough for any relationship. It made sense, so I didn't worry. It was just how my parents were. In the car on the way to the circus, we chatted about what kinds of things we might see, from juggling clowns to tumblers and trapeze artists. Bright posters advertising the circus had been tied to lampposts on high streets for weeks. In the corner was a poster of a paragraph of a tall, of a photograph, sorry, of a tall black man who stared directly into the camera. He had handcuffs around his wrists and ankles and a very heavy-looking chain connecting the two. Behind him was a glass tank filled with water. Underneath, the photo read, Featuring our special guest, underwater escapologist Nikolai DeFry. This was the act I was most excited about. How could anyone escape from handcuffs while being underwater? Then, when we got to the circus, Dad bought me a big bucket of caramel popcorn and a deluxe chocolate milkshake. Wow, she wants it. That could kill somebody. Yeah, but he's a magician. He's saying he's going to get out of it. Oh. Yeah. That was the thing. It was a circus. He was doing a magic trick. And he was like, I'm going to get out of this. This is going to be the most, that's the most impossible thing, and I'm going to get out of it. He never is usually this generous, generous, choosing the biggest and most expensive drink on the menu. But I wasn't going to complain. When is the Iska... Escape, escapologist going to be on, I asked Dad, as we went to sit in our seats. Oh, did it say escape? Yeah, he was trying, she was trying to say the word. I was younger then, and escape, escapologist was a very long word. Not sure, maybe towards the end, said Dad. 
He was distracted by the text messages that kept popping up on his phone. I nibbled my popcorn and I watched the seats around us begin to fill. It wasn't long before a woman's voice came over the speakers telling us that tonight's performance was about to begin and all cell phones should be turned off. Dad switched his to silent and slipped it into his pocket. The lights dimmed and the audience hushed. Wow, he's naughty. No, he put it in his pocket. He put oh, it in, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought he was recording it in his pocket. Oh, uh, no. I was like, hey, he's not. No. I mean, maybe. Shoot. The lights dimmed and the audience hushed. A woman on a, in a red and black suit with a skinny bra- brass buttons appeared under the spotlight and welcomed all of the families to the show, promising us a night we'd never forget. I squeezed Dad's hand and he smiled at me. The entertainment began with three jugglers throwing wooden pins at one another. Their tricks became more and more complex until they ended up jumping, ended up juggling sticks on fire. It was incredible. There were acrobats and clowns and the people in sparking, sparkling leotards spinning around on giant hoops. There were trapeze artists who somersaulted through the air high up into the billowing ceiling. It was so enthralling. I kept forgetting to eat my popcorn, and by intermission, I hadn't even gotten through half of it. Do you think he'll be on after the break, I asked Dad, who was checking his phone again. Who? He said, typing so quickly on his phone. Nicola de Fry, the escapologist, I said. Dad turned to me at last. Oh, I expect so, Melody, he said. Are you having a nice time? It's the best thing I've ever seen, I said. I smiled at him, hoped he was enjoying it as much as me, and even if he was distracted by his phone... The second half was even better than the first. There were sword swallowers, a man who threw daggers at a woman who was spinning on a circular board. A few people in front of me couldn't bear to look and put their hands over their eyes, but I did not want to blink. The show went on and I started to worry about Nicola DeFry wouldn't be performing after all. Something had gone wrong during rehearsals. Maybe he hadn't been able to get out of the tank the last time and there'd been a terrible accident. The thought made me feel a bit lightheaded, but then the lights dimmed and a deep voice boomed over the speakers. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, please put your hands together and welcome a very special guest. Nicole D. Fry and his assistant, Emily. Mm-hmm. Oh, Emily. Yeah, I think it's Emily, Amelia, Emily. The audience cheered and clapped and so hard I spilled quite a lot of popcorn. The lights were still low, but I couldn't make I could make out a, a tall man and a shorter woman walking into the ring. Um, walking into the ring. They were followed by four other people dressed in gray, wheeling a box when the lights went up. I saw that it was a large glass tank filled with water. It had a lid made of metal with a shackle and a padlock. Nikolai Dufry was barefoot and wearing a white vest with the dark tra- with dark trousers. He stood in front of the tank and raised both of his arms, and everyone cheered. Beside him was a small, athletic-looking woman wearing black, wearing a black vest and white trousers. Do you think he's gonna go behind the tank so it looks like he's in it? No, he really doesn't. How do you know? Because that's really what they do. You, we got to go to a good circus one day. And she was Nikolai's assistant, Emily. They both took a hold of the large tank and circled it around to show us that there were no trapdoors or trickery hidden behind underneath or anywhere in the water. The water swirled and slopped against the sides as it moved. Nikolai then held his arms out and 
Emily produced some silver handcuffs from a black handcuffs from a black bag, which she snapped onto his wrists. He walked around, holding up his head above to show how, how strong and sturdy the shackles were. They stood beside the tank, and Emily put some metal cuffs on his ankles, then threaded a large silver chain around the back of the handcuffs and through the ankle cuffs, securing it with a heavy padlock. His hands and feet were now chained together, like they had been in the poster. I edged forward in my seat. There was no way he was going to get out of that, especially underwater. What if he couldn't hold his breath long enough? Two men ran out into the ring and stood on either side of the tank, lifting off the heavy lid. They helped Nikolai into the water, which reached up to the top of his chest. He took a few steady breaths and he was getting ready. Then he took one huge gulp of air and sank down so that he was completely underwater. I took a deep breath as well. Things began to speed up. First, the two men slammed the heavy lid down and secured it with a large padlock. Emily walked around the tank as Nikolai wriggled around in the water. He pressed his hand against the glass and his eyes looked wide and frightened. The air in his lungs was already bursting. I let, and I let out a big huff. Is he going to be all right, Dad? I panted. He looks like he's in trouble. Of course he's going to be okay, said Dad. It's all part of the act. Uh, this is freaking me out. Of course he's going to be okay. I know. What if something happened? Oh my God. Now I'm not actually nervous. Two men each held a long pole that was attached to the black, to the wide black curtain. They circled the tank, hiding Nikolai from view. We couldn't see anything that was going on. I imagine Nikolai was struggling underwater, his lungs bursting as he desperately tried to release his hands and feet from the shackles. The curtain shivered and I trembled and trembled and I didn't want to blink in case I missed something. And then swoosh. The two men dropped the curtain to the ground and there was a huge gasp from the crowd. As we stared at the tank of water, it was empty. Nikolai had completely vanished. The chains, the cuffs, the heavy padlocks lay on the bottom of the tank of water. The audience went wild and people all around us got to their feet cheering and yelling. What if he had the keys? Yeah, maybe. I poured my popcorn in my seat and stood up as well, clapping as loudly as I could. Emily gave a deep bow and skipped out of the arena and then behind the red curtain. That was incredible, I said to Dad. Did you see that? Where did he go? That was amazing. But Dad wasn't listening to me. He had his phone out again and was staring at it. More, encore, more, I shouted, copying the cries of the audience around me. My hands were sore from pounding them together. It was the best thing I'd seen in my whole life. But then Dad stood up. He put his hand on my arm and stopped me clapping and said that we had to go, right now. As we pushed our way through the row of cheering people, I had realized that I left my my bucket of popcorn behind. I turned back to go, but Dad said to just leave it. We went through the exit and back to the car. I guessed he wanted to leave before everybody else did and beat the rush of traffic. When we got home... Mum told me that it had been the best night ever. I had told Mum that it had been the best night ever. She smiled at me, but her eyes looked a bit red. I had asked if she'd been crying, and she just shook her head. I'm glad you had a good time, Melody, she said. She gave me a kiss and then told me to to get myself up to bed. Dad Dad gave me a big hug and kissed me on the top of my head. I love you, Melody, he said, and he squeezed me tightly as I laughed and wrestled myself free. I was so happily happy after seeing a brilliant e- after such a brilliant evening. The next day, everything changed.
I went downstairs to find Mum in the kitchen. She was setting the table, still wearing the clothes that she had on last night. It looked like she hadn't been to bed at all. There was an open envelope in front of her and something scrunched something scrunched up on the floor. Mom, I said, what's wrong? What happened? Oh, I'm sorry, Melody, said Mom, looking at me. Dad's gone. He's left us. He's never coming back. What? I said, but he can't, he, he can't have. I ran to the living room window and Dad's car was missing from the driveway. I ran upstairs to his closet, but it was empty apart from a few hangers. I went to the bathroom next. Surely Mom was wrong. I couldn't, he couldn't have just left. But the bathroom, but in the bathroom were just two toothbrushes in our white ceramic pot. I went to my room and sat on my bed and my legs began to tremble. I couldn't believe it. Just like Nikolai de Fry, dad had vanished. Aww. That's really sad, huh? What? Is it? That, uh, I know. At least you would, like, want to say, like, what your dad to say, like, okay, hon, um, I'm going to the store. Well, I'm going to be gone for a little while, but I'll be back later. Yeah. Trust me, or something like that. Sad. Dang it. All he did was gave her a hug. Yep. That's it. That's it. Yikes, Who's huh? Mean? I know. What a rude man. Poo, poo to him. <laughs>